Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. Our hope is to fill you with the light and life that are found in Jesus so you can shine in the world around you. A great next step if you'd like to grow in your faith is connecting to a community. We would love to help you connect at Momentum. For more information, visit MomentumSanDiego.com. Again, that's MomentumSanDiego.com. We hope you enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. We are doing a deep dive on God's movement, my life. Last Sunday, we talked about refining. And so this podcast, we're going to take a deeper look and we're going to talk about some things that you guys might be wondering, asking. It's going to be awesome. You ready, Jeremy? I am ready. Okay, so before we start, Jeremy, we have a very important thing we got to talk about. Go for it. Everybody in San Diego knows that we have the best Mexican food, hands down. This is true. There's no there's no argument. Very Not true. even Texas can do it the way we do it. We love it's Texas. Different. Texas. It's different. Texas is different. It's just different. It's yeah. different. Okay. So we're going to talk about our five top Mexican food places. This is totally subjective to you and to me. Okay. Okay? So you list yours off first. I'm going to hecka judge you, and then I'm going to list mine, and then you can judge me. Okay. Okay? Okay. So you go first. Have you ever been to Chichi? <laughs> Okay, no, Chi Cheese is not on the list. In fact, I don't think it exists anymore. How many anymore. people listening do you think are going to know what that is? Uh, one, two, maybe? <laughs> I have no idea. Just a hot tip here. Wikipedia about the history of Chi Cheese, it'll make your entire day. That's all I got to say. It's, just, it's crazy. Just do a little that history crazy. search. It's great. No, okay, so for real, uh, these are in no particular <laughs> order. Um, TJ Oyster Bar, Ooh, because they have these Chipotle shrimp to quesos yes. that are amazing. That's good. Uh, so I could eat that once a week easily. Mm. Uh, also on my list would be Lolita's. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, I like almost everything they make, and it is really good. Once again, I could eat there often. Um, El Pollo Grill, because it is like a great place to get family meal. And what I mean that's by that true. is they have yeah. like they have this like they have this like one pound meal deal or something oh, like that. Yeah. Where you can get like a pound of whatever meat you want, and then they throw in all of the sides like the beans the rice the guacamole uh the chips all that stuff's like that and it's not and it's really not all that expensive so it's like one of those days like i just don't feel like making dinner or something like that boom you got it you got it for the whole family uh and then i would say tequila revolucion um yeah because their carnitas tacos are probably my favorite thing in san diego (laughs) so i didn't know we were doing five i thought we were just doing favorites so I I, i came up with four that's good. But that's okay because you know you know the food scene better than I do. So what were what were your five? Okay, so hold on, my, hold on. actually yeah, I got yeah, a question. Yeah. What what judgments do you have on that? I'm list? gonna rate you out of ten. Okay, ten okay. being you're like the freaking like Mexican food master. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a six out of ten. Okay. Because you live in East Side Chula, and I think okay. the restaurants that you pick are they are representative of the culture, and I think you did a good job. Okay. Like in Thank your you. area, I think you did good. Perfect. All right, let's okay, hear yours. Cool. So um, I have the privilege of living in West Side Chula Vista, so there's some spots you gotta hit up. Okay, here we go. One of them is actually National City, so shout out to all my nasty city people. Okay, so I got El Ranchero Taco. It's a it's a truck. Okay, okay, it's the yes, best thing yes. ever. Right off the 805 Telegraph. I've talked about this at least four other times on this podcast. I know. If you haven't got yet, like, I don't understand. Like, why haven't you gone? I've said it, like, five times. Okay, great. What do you get there? What do you get there? Every time I go, I try something different, but usually my go-to is their um, adobada tacos or the adobada fries. Oh, my gosh. And adobada is just pork, and it's delicious. But their birria, I just tried it a couple days ago, and it was, like, really good. Okay. Real juicy, real delicious. Um, okay. Okay. 
I got Tacos El Gordo. Oh, I can't believe I left that yes, on my list. Yes, I was waiting, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's, there's no question. Best tacos. My bad, my bad. I mean, there's a couple, like, mom and pop shops that might, like, outbeat them. But I would say, like, for where I live and what I'm used to, those are, like, super good. Um, taco Salsa. This is, like, an old National City gem. It's been around for, like, ever. Customer service, 10 out of 10. Food, 10 out of 10. It's great. It's a great experience overall. I love it. Um, I put Lolita's as well. I think okay. Lolita's Absolutely. is super good. Absolutely. And then I threw in a little extra one because this is going to surprise you. I put in Jack in the Box. Wait. Wait. <laughs> the Jack in the Box? Jack in the Box. Because they're – and I, I know my people will agree with me on this one, okay? My West Side – my peeps, okay? I'll tell you why. Jack in the Box, Crunchy Tacos, two for a dollar. It's like two for like two dollars. It slaps. Like, it just hits right, dude. Like, when you're, like, driving home after a long day of ministry, you get out of youth group, okay? And it's super late. You can tell me times I've done this. Okay, okay, okay yeah, absolutely. And you're riding with your students. Everyone's like, dude, I'm hungry. And you got no money. Where do you go? Jack in the Box. Tacos. Okay, so let me ask you this. They're the best. I've never eaten a Jack in the Box taco. Oh, um, so, Jer- Jeremy. Because there are, there are real tacos out there. No, but I'm so telling you, it hits what, different. What? Which is better? <laughs> A dollar jack-in-the-box taco uh-huh. or just the basic dollar taco at Taco Bell? Oh, definitely jack-in-the-box. Really? They're better? Oh, yeah. Okay. T- okay, Taco Bell, it definitely tastes like fresher. But the thing about jack-in-the-box is you're if you're going to jack-in-the-box, you're not looking for fresh. You're looking for cheap. You're looking for cheap and something okay. that's open, okay? And jack-in-the-box stays open all well, night so, long. Well, so does Taco Bell. It's I think like, it closes at like 12, doesn't it? I have no idea. Okay, well, anyways, so. jack-in-the-box is better. You get that hot sauce. Let me tell you what you do here, okay? You get that hot sauce, you get that buttermilk ranch. Ooh, Lord Jesus. I'm t- curly fries on the side. You get that dollar Sprite. Look, let me tell you something. It hits different, Jeremy. It really oh, does. You know what? I'm just going to have to take your word for You're it. You're going to have to. I'll stick with TJ. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. So you're right. We've been talking about, hey, we're doing these bonus episodes where we take whatever we talked about on Sunday mm-hmm. and just go a little bit deeper, expand it, say, okay, how does this work in real life, etc. Yeah. So Matt talked about refining. He talked about David being chased around by Saul. Yeah. All that kind of good stuff. What are the things that we should probably talk about when it comes to, okay, what does this look like in real life? Going a little bit deeper, expanding yes. it, stuff like that. That's good. So one thing Matt said, and he just, I think articulated it so well but i just is ringing in my ears he kept saying that god is on the other side of the mountain and the mountain i think represents like the struggle the issue that we're facing the circumstances that we're in and so i would like to just dive in a little deeper into some real life examples of what these mountains in our life can look like so our listeners can have a better picture to apply it to themselves so okay so like there's the idea going back through the stages so there's awareness refining real work and flourishing right and we're talking about that over and over again every single week so awareness is that stage where you just become like you start to think maybe god could do something in this area of my life or you start to see circumstances come together and you're like i think god is up to something and you start to get excited about it and that can be in anything like yeah I'm really excited about what God might be doing. Uh, I, you know, I just joined this basketball team. I'm really excited about what God might be doing um, with me being a member of this team. Or I just moved to a new city. I got a new job. Um, I'm starting to, to meet some people in my neighborhood. It can be just about anything. Mountains and are that part of the refining process, though, where you start to enter into struggle. So, for example, you're like, God, I've been praying. Like, you know, like when you're in your early 20s or something, God, Send me someone that I can love. I want a spouse. I want to get mm-hmm. married, et cetera, or something like that. And 
all of a sudden you start dating someone and you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is exactly what I've been praying and hoping for. Mountains are all those obstacles that pop up in the way. So okay. you, you start dating someone and then all of a sudden you realize, well, this is a real person with right. real feelings who doesn't always agree with me, who has their own thoughts and opinions about how life should yeah. go. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, this isn't all just like what well, like what Matt mentioned. Uh, this isn't fairy tale. Yeah. There, 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 there's real difficulties here. Yeah. Or you think, you know, like, I can't wait to get this one dream job. Mm. And you finally interview and you land the job. And then for the first six months, all you're doing is making copies and getting coffee. Yeah. And you're wow. like, wait, this is not what I signed up for, mm-hmm. God, or this is not what I liked. I mean, in David's case, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a literal mountain, um, and it's, like, quite dramatic because he's being chased and trying not to die. Right. For most of us, though, it's, like, it's, it's learning to live into reality, like, versus the picture in our head. Mm-hmm. And so it, anything that you are a part of is probably going to have some sort of refining period where it's just this is getting used to the way it actually is this is the stuff that this is the tough part that i had glossed over i mean basically this is what every sports movie is about uh you know they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna become champions yay and then there's like that montage scene of like they're losing game after game and it's hard or there's that scene like there's all those scenes where they're in the gym and they're doing all these exercises uh you know it's the karate kid where he has to like (laughs) sand the deck and wash all the cars and he's like this this is painful and it hurts and i don't understand the point of it all right that's what those mountains are that's what that refining season is it's where you're learning to grow into what the dream was at the beginning that's good okay so let's kind of let's look at that a little closer okay sure so let's say this mountain we're facing this thing right and use some really great examples yeah. like karate kid these movies these yeah. sports movies that we've grown up watching and so i think people have a really clear understanding of that and that makes a lot of sense so maybe something that someone could be struggling with is like and we kind of talked about this last podcast but when is it like okay this is a mountain and i know that god is on the other side of that like how do you discern that versus this just sucks I did the wrong thing. I need to go a different route. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, like what's what's from God and what's not from yeah, God. Yeah, essentially. So here's the here's the deal with pain, um, or suffering. God can use all of it, but God does not cause all of it. Oh, so yeah, sometimes we suffer because we're dumb and we make stupid choices, and God had nothing to do with that. Mm. But God can still redeem it. God can still use it. I mean, sometimes God will be like, "In like, hey." Remember that really dumb thing you did when you were 22? Well, there's this other kid now who's 22. Why don't you go tell them about what happened when you tried that exact same yeah. thing? You know, so God will use that. Sometimes we suffer because of what other people have done, and it's not our fault at all. Um, sometimes we suffer because we live in a a broken world. You know, sicknesses, uh, diseases, stuff like that. But how many times have we seen that where someone has gone through something that was not God intended, not from God, yeah. but God redeemed it and used it and they were able to then pour into the lives of someone else. Like uh, we were talking about this just uh, earlier in our staff meeting, several of the people on our staff talked about like growing up in divorced and broken homes. Like Mm -hmm. clearly God did not intend for that to happen in their lives, but God was able to redeem it and use it and bring it back. So in some ways it's, it's, it's almost kind of really hard to tell in during the middle of like, is this pain from God? Is this pain right, not from God? Exactly. And 
maybe, maybe not. It's more in the re- retrospect of saying, okay, God, how can you use this? What do wow. you want to do with this? That's um, good. And God, what? how can this baby be of a potential help to someone else? That's good. Versus trying to figure out the exact source of where this came from. Because mm. there's, pro- there's probably some things we'll never know until we get to, you know, we die and get to see God face to face. We're like, okay, right. can you tell me what that was all about? Or can you explain where that came from? Because yeah. it's not it's not always clear cut, like how this all comes together. So the better prayer would be, stop praying god why is this happening and more praying god can you help me to see what you're doing in this yeah absolutely because if we're not if we're uh if we're not careful we can start to grow really bitter yeah exactly because then we start blaming god for all of the pain Mm -hmm. whether it was from someone else or not and then yeah i like that A, a better prayer would be because that that tends to be a little bit more productive and a little less um I guess would get you unstuck quicker. Right, and discouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. good. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Another thing that Matt talked about that I really want you to give perspective on is, okay, he mentioned these two different like places we can find ourselves, and he used a story of David, right? And I think you can maybe uh, yeah. rewind to that and kind of explain the David example in this. But So David was on the run, and then there was another time in David's life where he was in the wilderness. So can you kind of give us a picture of what these two scenarios look like outside of the life of David in our everyday life? What does it look like to be on the run versus in the wilderness? Okay, sure. So in, in the story Matt told, um, David has, he's at a point in time in his life where King Saul basically realizes that David is going to be king. Yeah. And King Saul is not happy with it because the people want David to be king. The people see that David is a better leader. Um, Saul can just tell from his own failings that this is what God has intended. And so Saul just decides that he's going to kill David. And so David enters a period of his life where he is basically living on the run. Mm. And so he's running from place to place, you know, finding shelter, living in caves, living in the desert, living in just different places, trying basically just to survive. Yeah. And so Matt was talking about in the sense of like, there, there are times in our life where we go through the wilderness or we go through the desert. Um, and the point Matt was making was that in those times, David was growing into a person who would become a good king. Right. Um, I'm going to pull out a classic Disney movie to explain this. Uh, probably the greatest Disney. So since Pixar had did not exist then. Okay. The greatest Disney movie before Pixar was clearly The Lion King. And so, I mean, that's up for debate, Jeremy. But but we'll we'll we'll, we'll just go with this. Okay, as okay, a, okay, all right, all right, all right. For the sake of time, for the, for sake, the sake of time. time. Okay, okay, okay. Very early in the movie, The Lion King, there's that song that young Simba sings. Where he's like, "I just can't," you know. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Okay. Like, I, I just can't wait to be king. And like the the wow, little the little yeah. hornbill is with them, like yeah. the little the little uh, bird, and he's yes. like, and he like Simba's like. No one's telling me how to do this or where to be, and right. then like, and the little the little birds like, you know, well if that's the kind of king you're gonna be, I don't want to be around. And oh, wow, the, yeah. and the uh, Simba's like, well, you know, I just can't wait yeah, yeah, to yeah. be king. Uh, and clearly, you see that watching that you're like, oh yeah, he's got a little boy's perspective of what it means to be king. People are gonna serve me. People are gonna do what yeah, I say. Yeah. And you realize that Simba's not actually ready to be king because he's seen it only from the sense of selfish interest right. i can't wait for people to serve me i can't yeah. wait to have all the power i can't <laughs> right, that's going to be right. awesome and so then you know simba goes through all the stuff with uh his uncle scar and mufasa and simba gets basically has to run and flee for his life and he's in exile and it's during oh, wow, those yeah. years away 
Yeah, maybe maybe uh, the Lion King's based a little bit on. Like, it yeah. might be just a little bit. <laughs> uh, My gosh. During those years away, Simba matures and grows into yeah, someone. Wow. Gro- so, great example. What what Matt was talking about though in the life of David is it was in the wilderness and it was in the desert that God matured David and mm. David was learning. Okay, I'm looking at Saul and I'm seeing what kind of king Saul is. He's self-centered. He's paranoid. He's jealous. He's someone who um, is mistreating others. So by the time David actually becomes king, he has a perfect example of what kind of king not to be. Yeah, that's good. So how does that look in our own lives? Okay, so seasons of wilderness, seasons of desert. Wilderness and desert is usually about isolation, and it's usually about nothing working under our own power. Hmm. So, for example... um, We'll, we'll go back to some of the some common stuff. Sure. You, you get that dream job, and you thought that you had all the answers, and you're like, I'm, I'm going to go into this company, and I'm going to show them how it's mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm. My ideas are the best ideas. Right. My thoughts are the best thoughts. My like, the, They're going to put me in charge immediately. And you enter in for like six months. You're doing like, you know, the making the copies, getting right. the copies. No one's listening to your ideas. No one's here. But in that time, if refining, if you're if you're going through refining the way it should be gone through, you're probably learning the actual company. You're mm-hmm. learning the, how things actually work. You're learning which people um, to rely on. You're mm-hmm. learning how to be just a good employee. Mm. And so eventually, hopefully, there does come a time when your ideas do get presented and stuff like that. But it, it, it it's without this false sense of superiority. It's without mm. this idea of hey, I'm the be-all and end-all, you come from a part, you, you start to become the kind of person that other people want to work with. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Same is true in like family dynamics. You get married and you're like, I know exactly what my spouse is going to be like. He's going to do this or she's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they always talk about how hard those early days of marriage are because it's two people learning to live with a real person versus mm. their idealized version. And you start to realize, wait a second, I've got a lot of selfishness in me. And that's starting to come out. Um, God uses times of desert and times of wilderness to get out of us all of the nasty junk and all of our self-dependence, all of our Mm self-righteousness. And he uses those times to pull away all of our idols, all of the things that we think we have to have. Right. And instead, he fills us with himself. And so I would say most people are going through a desert all the time. Yeah. In some area of in, in some area <laughs> yeah. of their life. That's like so like true. we're we're using the story of David and we're making it like here is the awareness period of his life. Yeah. Here's the de- but in reality most of us are it's fluid. In in different parts of yeah. our life are like well this part's flourishing. Yeah. Well this part's just becoming aware of something. And so for oh, in, in, in most of us that's we good. probably have some part of our life right now where we're like, I feel like this part of my life is dying and it doesn't seem to matter what I do nothing's working Mm -hmm. and god very much wants that to be the case because here's the deal as long as we're depending upon ourselves Mm. we're not depending upon god wow and so what david learned in the desert what david learned in the wilderness was that he was entirely dependent upon god yeah and what god wants to teach us through any type of phase that looks like that in our life is like hey you are dearly loved you are dearly cared for but trying to do life apart from me is insane Mm -hmm. So live in connection to me. And the best place to learn that is in the desert where everything is gone from you. Everything's been taken away. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing else to distract you. Mm -hmm. 
Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I kind of have a follow up question. Sure. Yeah. This just came to me right now. Okay. So what? Kind of going to the the on the run aspect of David's life, right? Yeah. What's the difference between being on the run because of you know these circumstances, whatever, like God's putting you in this season, versus running away? Do you know the difference? What I mean when I say that? So like on Go the ahead, run yeah, is more. like okay, at least what I'm understanding is like it's this God ordained part of your life where it's like you know, it's the refining thing. Like it's supposed to be a part of your story, but running away in my mind is like, you're actually like, Oh, this sucks. I got to leave. Do you think those two kind of go together? You got to get what I'm saying. I think so. So I'll start, I'll start talking and you, you poke holes in it and ask questions and stuff like that. So I don't believe God caused David to go on the run. Okay. Saul caused David to go on the run because Saul's trying to kill him. Like God's oh, not like good, yeah. like God's not like hey you know what the best thing to do would be like hey Saul why don't you go kill him because this will teach right. him stuff so yeah. you know, like God is using this to teach David things mm. but God I don't think caused Saul to want to kill David that was right. that was Saul's own sinfulness so uh, I would say that there's there's like on the run in the sense of like you move to a new city and you don't know anyone mm. and it feels super lonely and God can use that to refine you and to to build yeah. your character and stuff like that. Running away, though, is when you know the growth that you need to go through yeah, and you're choosing that's not good. to. That's a good so, like, yeah. like uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep using relationships because that tends to be the area that most people have the most commonality in. Right. It's when you have that heart-to-heart conversation with, like, your significant other or someone you're dating or your spouse or something. And they're like, when you do this, it hurts me. And instead of you being... Instead of you having the courage to say, I screwed up, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you run from it and you get super defensive. And you yeah. say, well, you got to understand, like you make excuses or you, instead of owning it, you point out faults in them right, or something like that. Right, right. Or you're at a job and, and you know you get called on the carpet and instead of owning and being like, yes, you're right, I screwed up, I messed up, I need to do better. You start talking about, well, John over there is, right. well, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so it, it's not so much a physical running away as much as it is. I'm just running away from owning and growing. Yeah. Um, running away, I would say, yeah, it's almost in, in very, inevitably, it's something where you're like, I've been confronted with what God wants me to grow wow. into. Wow. And because of the pain associated in it, I'm going to choose to go a different direction. Yeah, does that, does that, that clarifies okay. it 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're talking about refining seasons. We're talking about being on the run, being in the wilderness, and God is using all of this stuff in our life to bring about his purposes, his plans, and to make us into the type of people he dreams for us to be. Um, the thing that's probably thinking, you know, in a lot of people's minds is, okay, I get that, and I'm with it, but, like, I am having a hard time staying hopeful. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay, sure there's yeah. a lot of people listening that are, like, on board and are like, God, you can do whatever you want in my life but I really need like a silver lining. Like I got to sure. have a good perspective in this. So what, what are some things that we can do practically in our lives and start implementing in our lives in seasons of refinement to stay hopeful? Okay. Going right back to the story of David, when you are a se- in a season of refining, it is completely okay to say this sucks yeah. and I am not <laughs> enjoying this. Yeah. And it's okay to tell God that like, wow. if you look at the Psalms, so many of them written by David are like, God, where are you? Mm. God, you've abandoned me. God, I, like, I mean, like, the, David says things in the Psalms that make you question, does he really love God? Yeah. Like, or like, he talks about, he's like, God, smash the jaws of my enemies. Right. Like, you know, wipe them he's off the mad. face. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> and you never see God telling David to stop that. Mm. 
you never see God saying, hey, quit pouring out your heart to me. So one thing I would tell people that in the season of refining, it is completely 100% okay, and I would say even necessary to be honest with God about what you're feeling and experiencing. Because here's the deal. God cannot change the fake you. Mm. God can only change the real you. And if you're never at a point where you're going to be real with God, you're never going to actually change. Mm -hmm. One of the first steps in being real with God is just simply saying, here's how I really feel. Here's what it really feels like to me to be going through this season. So one, I would say definitely cultivate a habit of prayer. And most of the time we think like, if I were a better Christian, I would pray more. But the reality is the people who pray the most are the ones that realize just how jacked up they are and how much they need wow. God. And like, okay, I'm realizing I can't get through this situation mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. If I depend upon myself, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. So God, I'm crying out to you. I need your help. Mm-hmm. Um, cultivate that habit of prayer. That's Spend good. time telling God, here's what I really feel like. Here's where I really need your help. Yeah. God, please let me know what this is supposed to look like. I would say, too, um, one of the great gifts that we have in modern day age and time is such an easy access to scripture yeah uh like more so than any other time Mm -hmm. in the history of it so figure out which scriptures you need to hold on to for seasons of refining yeah um i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot here but sure do you have any scriptures that you personally are like okay when life gets tough i go back to these and i hold okay Tell me about them. Yeah. I have one, and I actually want to read it because I think it's really cool. Sure. And it's in the message version, which sometimes I like reading the message because it kind of just simplifies things and yeah, makes it yeah. really easy to swallow. So, uh, But this has been my life verse, I would say, since I was like 14. Um, and, you know, those hard ages of high school. Just, Absolutely. God, it's traumatizing. <laughs> it really can be, though. And this was a verse I read. I'll never forget. I was like a 10th grader. Um, and I read this verse. So it's 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And the message version says it like this. It says, <clears throat> we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we can see now are here today, but gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's That's good. good. And it reminds me of that quote that Matt said. Do you remember what he said? He said something about like that if we're focusing on what we see now. If all you see is what you can see, you'll never see all there is to see. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like basically having that eternal perspective that if you're just focusing on your circumstances and you're not focusing on what God's doing behind the scenes, then you're limiting your view. Like you're not actually believing in faith that God can actually do incredible things. Even when on the outside, it's like it just sucks. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I would tell everybody, find find a scripture like that. Find two or three of them and just repeat them to yourself over and over and Mm -hmm. over again during like, hey, hold on to this. It it was said in scripture. I'm holding on to the truth of it. This is for me. And then the other thing I would say I would recommend for people to do when they're going through one of these seasons is to remember, and this is this is part of refinement, God does not love what you can do. God just simply loves you. Mm, and good. in the refining stage, it often feels like I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. Mm-hmm. Life is not turning out the way that I wanted it to. Uh, this is not the path that I had chosen. All of my dreams seem like they're dying. And we can feel very much like, I am alone and I am abandoned. Mm. And the thing to hold on to is, okay, God does not love you accomplishing a goal. 
God does not love you because you achieved what you thought you would achieve. God just loves you. That's so good. And so one of the things I would always tell people to hold on to in this situation is like, hey, God loves you. Mm -hmm. He loves you in your failures. He loves you in your depression. He loves you in your anxiety. He loves you in your season of refining. He loves you in your this is never going to work. He loves you in the I'm starting over again. Like in all of that, God loves you. Mm -hmm. So don't forget that that's good and like if you need to like every day just start with that or something like that so i say if you do those three things one have cultivate a prayer life where you're being open and honest and real with god hold on to scriptures that renew and encourage you and remember that it's god that loves you and not anything that you can or cannot do for him for someone else etc that's great um that's a great place to start. Yeah, so. that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's good, Jeremy. I feel I feel a lot better now. Okay. I feel like I learned a lot. You think we should go to Chi-Chi's? <laughs> <laughs> the only place they have it is like in Austria. Are you down? <laughs> We're going to go right after Blythe. No, I, I, I really think everyone listening to this should actually definitely Google Chi-Chi's. Oh, my God, And read please. the, was it Wikipedia Wikipedia, entry? please. Yes. It's incredible. So fascinating. It'll Love make it. you. It'll make, It'll make you, you laugh. Uh, well, food. that's all we have for today. All we right. hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe. subscribe comment. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and download the Momentum app from your app store. See you next week.